Hey, what's up? This is Chris Gray, and you're listening to the ZFM Sport Podcast. Lionel Messi has conquered his final peak. Lionel Messi has shaken hands with paradise. Time for the biggest sports stories. Max Verstappen has taken the checkered flag to win the Japanese Grand Prix. Max Verstappen, two-time world champion. The biggest interviews. These are happy tears, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. And I wouldn't be Serena if it wasn't Venus. So thank you, Venus. And all the analysis right here. There's no question that LeBron James at the worst is a top three player in the history of basketball since the game was invented. I don't want to hear that. That's just blasphemous. It's blasphemous. Let me finish. Let you finish. I'll let you talk. Every weekday, it's my sport. It's your sport. It's CFM Sport. Let's join the team for the biggest show in the world of sport on CFM Stereo. My station, your station. to make here on ZFM Sport tonight. You made it. It's Friday. We're ready to get the party started right here on ZFM Sport. If you've had a special something saved for the weekend, you can officially savor it. Tonight on the show, we're going to start off on the home front with Zimbabwe Cricket, who have named two squads that will take on county sides Durham and Glamorgan in three-day matches scheduled to get underway in Harare tomorrow. In international sports news, the Crusaders have bounced back from last week's loss to the Chiefs in resounding fashion by thumping the opening Super Rugby Pacific and in around the world in 60 we have updates from indoor secure Florida and Texas but the team that's going to be in studio tonight myself Chris Midzi our producer Sean Tafire Nika, who is going to be on mic that's always a treat and later on we'll also be joined by our favorite football pundit former warrior Alois Bunjira. And then in the second half of the show, after our play of the day, and speaking of that play of the day, it's going to be a viral dance, a viral maybe TikTok dance. But then after that, in the beautiful game, we kick off in the Premier League, where a rap at Manchester United are eager to inflict more pain on Liverpool when the two rivals clash at Anfield. In La Liga, a Barcelona side galvanized by a gutsy victory over Real Madrid can take a significant step towards the Spanish title with the win over Valencia at, uh, on Sunday at the Camp Nou. And then in the Bundesliga, Borussia Dortmund's seven-match winning streak in the league has their fans dreaming of their first league title in more than a decade, but their run will be put to the test tonight against Inform RB Leipzig. The Home Front. Local sports news and analysis. All right, you know what to do. 0731-168-045. That is the number to the WhatsApp platform. Send us your messages and we'll be able to read them in the fan zone. We'll talk everything sport, especially what's happening this weekend. Big games. You've got RB Leipzig taking on Borussia Dortmund. And there's that big match at Anfield Liverpool against Manchester United. All right, let's start the local sports news roundup by taking a look at golf. Where the 2023 edition of the Maxi Blauer Open Day Golf Championship started today at Blauer Golf Club. Now, 
Now, a total of 54 golfers are taking part in the annual event, with the winner of last year's edition, Ignatius Mteketeke, also taking part among a host of other renowned golfers in the country. In netball news, the Rainbow Netball League enters week three tomorrow, with games set for various venues across the country in clusters. So, log leaders Glow Petroleum are up against Rua and Belvedere in Rua, while second place Correctional are taking on Mtala and Mambas um, at Chikurubi. And finally, in the Kasolaga Premier Soccer League with two weekends left before the start of the 2023 edition of the league. Blawayo Giants Highlanders will step up their preparations with a friendly match against Mainline FC in Plumtree tomorrow. This will be the third official friendly match for Highlanders where fans are allowed to watch Poso in action. The Warriors, the Chevrons, the Cheetahs, the Mighty Warriors, and the Sables. From the pool to the track to the field, we are Team Zimbabwe. Let's start off on the home front with that news coming out of Zimbabwe cricket. They have named two squads that will take on county sides Durham and Glamorgan in three-day matches scheduled to get underway in Harare tomorrow. The county teams who are among the top first-class clubs within the England and Wales domestic cricket structure are visiting Zimbabwe as part of their pre-season program. Sean, a lot of people may not be oriented. Definitely a good move by, by Zimbabwe cricket. But what does this tour look like in terms of its setup? Alright, so they're going to be playing a number of matches and the tour will start with uh, Durham facing Southerns and Glamorgan taking on Northerns in three-day matches scheduled for the 4th to the 6th at Harare Sports Club and at Old Hararians respectively. So Glamorgan and Northerns will be at uh, Old Hararians and um, Durham and um, Northerns will be at Harare Sports Club. So these are three-day matches starting tomorrow and we've always talked about how there's a need for international exposure mm-hmm. how our cricket players especially the ones who play locally that they need to be exposed to more testing conditions more yeah. testing competition and I think it comes in this format and then there's also going to be the multi-day action which will be followed by uh, six T20 matches and that's going to be running uh, predominantly throughout next week so it's a good initiative about Zimbabwe cricket at the moment they seem like they can't put a foot wrong yeah and as a Zimbabwe cricket I think you've become more of a Zimbabwe cricket fan, Alois, just in terms of how much more you're participating with um, just actually going out to the cricket grounds, aside from just watching it at home, (laughs) actually going out there, supporting the boys. When you take a look at moves like this, where you've got these county sides coming from the UK, coming to Zimbabwe to participate, and also for us to have these two teams that are going to be participating, even just from a fan perspective, you want to be able to get that kind of exposure and to also see just how other sides, and these are provincial sides, are operating, how they do, and how our boys are going to do against them. Yeah, it's actually quite great. Chris, uh, like you say, that uh, we want to know what they do. Actually, the standard. We want to know when they play county cricket, we only hear about it. Yeah. We want to know when they are playing there, what is the standard. When we hear that one of Zimbabwean players is playing in county cricket, yeah. what exactly is the standard out there? Mm-hmm. So it's actually quite good for some of us. We, we, we're curious about all these things, so it, gets, it gives us a chance to actually witness that. And at the same time, it's entertainment as a war because now we cricket fans, we just want as much cricket as we can, as we can watch. Mm-hmm. So for 
for us, it's not just about the national team. Yes. That is just playing cricket and we wait. When when is Ireland coming? When is mm. West Indies coming? Now we want as, ma- as much cricket as possible and this is actually helping and this is not at a really national national level and we want to see the standard and watch as much cricket. So I actually think this is for cricket. I think it's a very big boost. So uh, commenting on the significance of the tour by the county teams, the ZC managing director, that's Givon Marconi, said, we're thrilled to be welcoming Durham and Glamorgan County teams to our country for a very important tour that will go a long way in exposing especially our young and upcoming players mm. to the rigors of high-level cricket. Sean, we're seeing a lot more... In fact, we've seen a variation of names now. They are names that we haven't heard before, (laughs) that we are now hearing whether it's on the domestic scene or whether it's at national team level. There's this very intentional blend um, of younger players into this team. And intentionally so, I'm sure. But what we can see from Zimbabwe cricket in terms of these progressions is that the leadership is thinking in terms of the future of Zimbabwe cricket. And this is definitely one of those moves that's geared to ensure that we're not going to have a sort of five-year period where we don't have um, a decent conveyor belt in terms of those players. Exactly. And if you're calling a spade a spade, when they play against each other, there is a certain level of familiarity and um, yeah. that's why we don't see huge scores and we, we, we don't see that intense competition sometimes. So now you get to test yourself against an international team and see what you're made of. I know a lot of people who say that results won't matter because it's, you know, this is more like a friendly exhibition, etc, etc. But for me, personally, I'll be looking closely <laughs> at the at the scorecards, seeing how they get on. And it's nice to see that we are seeing names, like you're saying, that are starting to pop up um, in uh, first-class cricket that are going to be taking part uh, um, um, in this preseason against these two teams like the Northerns for example we got Akram Faraz we talked about him the other week he was doing good things domestically um, Keith Jaure uh, Wesley Madever of course um, he's a mainstay these days Timson Maruma uh, Tadewana Shemarumani so this, m- most of these guys are in and around the national team setup, and they're going to be testing themselves against Durham then you take a look at Southerns and I think they've also have, had, have a nice uh, divide because we also have players who are coming in from the uh, southern region of the country you've got players such as Brian Bennett um, Jonathan Campbell um, Privilege Chase and even Tanaka Chivanga who's been doing uh, wonders with yeah. the ball. So having them get that exposure is absolutely amazing. Stuart Matsikanyeri, we know that he's the betting coach for Zimbabwe cricket at the moment and he's going to be in charge of the northern side. And then Southerns, they'll have uh, Walter Chaguta as their head coach. So if you take a look at how they are planning and how they are doing things, they, it's showing that there's a lot of intentionality and there's a lot of planning and foresight. And I'm just hoping that this can just yield dividends into our Chevron setup mm-hmm. and make us more competitive because I feel like that's what we are lacking because we are not exposed to a lot of international quality. That's absolutely spot on, Sean. And just to reiterate that, we've got two teams there, the Northerns and the Southerns, and you can get your pick of who you want to support. And I think it'll be really cool to rally around a particular side, especially online for social as well, and actually get that competition going. Um, Also, let's take a quick look at the match schedule. So from the 4th to 6th of March, uh, 2020, 
2023. There's going to be a three-day test. That's Durham versus Southern and Glamorgan versus Northerns. So Durham versus Southerns is going to be at Harare Sports Club from 10 a.m. and Glamorgan versus Northerns at Old Hararians at 10 a.m. as well. On the 8th of March is a T20 action. Glamorgan versus Southerns at Harare Sports Club from 9.30 and Durham versus Northerns on at Harare Sports Club from 1.30 p.m. 9th of March, T20 action continues. Durham versus Southerns at Harare Sports Club from 9.30. Glamorgan versus Northerns also at Harare Sports Club until from 1.30. And uh, we can expect T20 action on the 10th as well. Another rotation of those fixtures. 12th of March, there's a one-day international Durham versus Northerns at Old Hararians. Um, Glamorgan versus Southerns at Harare Sports Club, both starting at 9.15. And on the 14th of March, another one-day Durham versus Southerns. Glamorgan versus Northerns at Harare Sports Club and Old Hararians from 9.15 a.m. From the front of the grid to the back of the net, it's CFM Sport. International Sports News Roundup, where the world comes out to play. International, the Crusaders have bounced back from last week's loss to the Chiefs in a resounding fashion by thumping the Highlanders 52 to 15 in the opening Super Rugby Pacific. Man of the man, man of the moment, Scott Robertson, was missing from his sides match due to a family bereavement, but the defending champions shook off his absence and made a statement they were searching for. Sean, when they lost last week, it was a little bit embarrassing. And this is the sort of emphatic response that you need to make after that embarrassing loss. A lot of people online were asking me why I was celebrating the the, the win last night when they lost last week. Mm. Um, and, I, and I said to them, the reason why I'm celebrating because I know the Crusaders. The Crusaders will not be down for long. Yeah. And uh, true to it, the way they bounce back, they bounce back in emphatic fashion, um, completely correcting their errors from last week, where last week they considered... 30 straight points yeah. against the Chiefs and now you know their defense was more on point they had their usual so- solidity there and that's always sets up the platform mm-hmm. for their backline to do their wonders and Richie Mahunga was absolutely on fire in fact he set up at the try of the match which was scored by fullback uh, Fergus Burke and he continues to put up his hand for that number 10 position because yeah. we know it's right now direct competition between him and Borden Barrett who's also playing flyer yeah. So it's it's going to be an exciting season of Super Rugby. There's something you guys did, and I didn't get my chance to do this. Yeah, so, so we're, we're pretty much just having a season outlook and uh, trying to see how the season will go. We know that, yes, the Crusader are always uh, perennial favorites year mm-hmm. in, year out. But who are you picking to be the outright champions for this season? Outright champions, and I'm really trying very hard not to speak with my heart because my heart would love for the Blues to win this outright. Um, but I think if we're just taking a look at consistency and also just mental strength, your head coach is not there, but you need to make a statement and you're able to get this kind of points haul um, just out of one match. I think for me, just from a statement perspective, um, I would go with the Crusaders to win outright. But team of my heart, definitely the Blues. I'm going to go with the Blues to win it outright. You like pain, Sean. 
I just think this season, this this season is you the know season. Him. The, the <laughs> Crusaders have shown have, have shown a little bit of cracks this season. <laughs> and there's also something that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, mm-hmm. the Super Rugby Alpiki. Now, this is the women's version of uh, Super Rugby. Uh, they've got teams such as uh, Chiefs Manawa, Maitutu, uh, the Blues women, as well as the Hurricanes. And what's your take in terms of having an equivalent? of the Super Rugby competition for women and especially following the success of uh, last year's Rugby World Cup. I think it's extremely important. And when you're just taking a look at the progression of women's rugby, first of all, just the quality of rugby that we're seeing and also just the number of players that we're seeing who are playing at a very high level. I think these competitions are very necessary. I think it's it's unfortunate that they come about sometimes um, a little bit late. But I think when it comes to the progression of rugby as a sport, especially for women, I think these are very key competitions and also just in terms of creating first of all more playing opportunities but another very important aspect of being an athlete and I think for women in sport this might be a little bit neglected is the money if you're playing for these big franchises if you're able to get those um, eyeballs and also obviously the broadcasting deals these players can actually earn a lot more than they would if they were not participating in these competitions so for me for these athletes to make more money definitely these competitions I think that's something that I've been slightly disappointed by there hasn't it's not being shown on TV, especially on DSTV, yeah. but you've got uh, Super Rugby. So I'm hoping, much like how DSTV now has um, the Women's Super League out in England, yeah. you, we see it more often on TV now. I'm hoping that we'll be able to watch our Super Rugby. I'll pick you soon, because the more people watch it, the more they get acquainted to, the, to that side of the game, and the game grows. And also, I think, just in terms of inspiring the next generation, you can't believe in something that you can't see. So it's very, very important for these big broadcasting deals to actually come about out now there's another match and the hurricanes edged a fearless rebels outfit 39 to 33 delivering another tight loss for the home side from two games the rest of your super rugby fixtures this weekend moana pacifica versus the chiefs fiji and drua takes on the waratahs the blues go up against the brumbies and the force will take on the reds hi i'm jesse creel springbok and blue bulls backline player you are listening to zfm sports Around the world in 60 seconds. International sports news. All right, let's go around the world in 60 where we get it started in Indo where Travis Head scored an unbeaten 49 and dominated India's spin attack to spearhead Australia's chase in an emphatic nine-wicket win in the, their third test to secure their spot in the World Test Championship final. And um, Mike and I off the air, we were sort of having a debate <laughs> on whether the right approach when you're chasing a low total because they were chasing 76 to win yeah. is that do you go aggressive early on or do you take it slow ball by ball and I just want to know which side of the aisle do you stand on when you're chasing a low total I am risk averse <laughs> so <laughs> I would definitely say that you take a conservative approach but again that's just me by nature I would take a conservative approach and I think also when you're chasing a low total one of the risks that you just in terms of the other team's strategy they could go into this with a strategy that is specifically to nullify any sort of big hitting and you know um, rock and roll type of cricket so it's 
I'm risk averse. Let's let's take it nice and easy. I'm also risk averse, but I have to give credit to Mike because Australia took the front foot approach. Mm. Travis Head was just playing that spin attack, just hitting them all over the park, and his unbeaten 49 um, certainly guided Australia to victory. So sometimes that works. Um, it could have worked for West Indies against South Africa yesterday if they take a more for a conservative yeah. approach. They also went front foot and then they lost. So sometimes I guess it's 50-50 just depending on how the game is going. Let's go to Sakia where Charles Leclerc says he's confident Ferrari can overcome an unexpe- unexpected early season advantage for Red Bull to enable him to win a maiden Formula 1 driver's title in 2023 as the season gets underway at the Bahrain Grand Prix. Chris Max Verstappen has actually never won a race um, in Bahrain. <laughs> Could yeah. this be the season? Could we see him win on Sunday? You know what? Um, Max is not one to count out ever. But I think any driver, any player, any athlete has a little bit of hoodoo, whether it's a particular track, whether it's a particular team, there's always a bit of hoodoo there as well. And we know these athletes to be superstitious people. So certain things will trip them up because it's now a part of their psyche, not necessarily because there's anything particularly there. So for me, he doesn't win this race. Well, in an update coming in from the first practice today, uh, it was actually Sergio Perez who topped the Mm-hmm. Uh, practice charts in second was um, uh, Alonso Fernando Alonso who would have thought and then Max Verstappen was in third and then we follow uh, Mercedes and Ferrari who were the other ones uh, let's uh, continue going around the world in 60 <laughs> we're in Florida world number one John Run he, he shot a seven under par 65 to take a two stroke lead after the first round of the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill and then in the United States the Dallas Mavericks managed to find a formula for success with their all-star guard duo of Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving who each scored at least 40 points in a 133-126 to win over the Philadelphia 76ers. The Mavericks will be up against the Phoenix Suns next and we know that the Phoenix Suns they've got Kevin Durant so it's Kyrie Irving taking on his former teammate. That should be a cracking game in the NBA this weekend. Fan zone. Get in touch with the team and have your say your way. Operator. The number of our WhatsApp is 0731168045. Do not video call us. Do not voice call us. Just send us a message. 0731168045. This message is from Kenny in Emerald Hill. Hansi, this Ama Piano track has got all the girls with zero dance skills on TikTok. It's a bit rough, Kitty. A little bit rough. <laughs> it's terrible. Another message um, that is coming through here. Hanzi, hi, sports team. Do you see what Raza is doing for PSL? That's Kakaza blessing. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's out there doing good things uh, for his team. Um, I know that they've that they've had a decent season, you know, wins and losses in there. But it's, it's, it's good to see him um, representing the nation out in the in the Pakistan uh, Super League. Alois, this one is for you because I think no, 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 you're probably not the only person. I think I know this answer too, but I think you're the best person to answer this question. Hi guys, which position did Norman Mapiza play? Yeah. <laughs> for which team? <laughs> That's the the question is for which team? Mm-hmm. Uh, for me now to answer you, uh, like uh, just give us a rundown. Yeah, yeah, the rundown of it. When we started playing in the junior teams, Norman was a number eight. That's oh, his okay. position. He's a number eight. He's a central midfielder. Like you can wanna call it box to box if uh-huh. you want. Uh, when we played in the reserve side, 
graduated to the Darrenty first team. That's the that's his position. He was actually playing in front of Lloyd. Lloyd Shitem was the defensive midfielder, and ah. Norman was the the attacking midfielder. Okay, as as, as it were. So now. When we went to the national team, suddenly I was also confused because we went at the same time uh, to the national team and suddenly Renard Fabich converted him. His first match for the national team, he was played as a right back. He played as That's... a right wing back. At first it was a right back, then uh -huh. he started operating as a right wing back, you know. So after that, Renard changed him again and started playing him as a central defender. He was playing as a central defender. But when he went to Europe, when he was playing for Galatasaray, he was playing as a number as a defensive midfielder, as a holding midfielder. So he was quite a versatile player. Very, very versatile. So for me, to be honest, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> but I can only answer. say that I saw him playing his best football mm -hmm. as a central midfielder. I have another message here. I love this one. Hansi, Mike Nabari, that is a preview in Liverpool versus Manchester United. I'm going to agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> that is yeah, a fact yeah. and that is fact. true. 100%. <laughs> another message that is coming through here. This one says, Hi, it's Remington Sitole out in Mount Pleasant. Love your show. Big, big fan. My question is for Sean. What happened to your Clippers this morning? These guys just collapsed against the Warriors. Is it Russ to blame or something Ty Lu needs to fix? I think it's something Ty Lu needs to fix in as much as I want to say, ah, it's Russ because ever since he got to the Clippers, they just have been losing games unexpectedly. But I think it's just now the adjustments and try to get Kawhi Leonard, Paul George and Russell Westbrook having them just develop their team chemistry. But right now I can tell you that the Clippers are one of the deepest rosters in the NBA. And I actually think they can go all the way, but that's just my heart speaking. And one of our regular listeners, that is Captain Joe Kambarami in Glenora. Hansi, hi guys. What was the motive for the robbery at Messi's family shop? Well, we're not one of the criminals, so we'll never know for sure. <laughs> but we're going to guesstimate um, what we think possibly could have um, resulted in this. Yeah, no, the, I think it just has to be a money issue because what they attacked, um, it was actually Messi's wife. Uh, I think she owns a supermarket and then they attacked the supermarket and they left a, a message there. So, mm, yeah, and I just think it has to be motivated by extortion of some kind. It's and, extortion. And, and, and yeah, it's here. definitely extortion. Uh, we've got a message here from my number one fan, which is the only reason why I'm reading this message. This one's from Panache. Hansi, Liverpool are going to beat Manchester United's list of predictions. Liverpool are going to beat Manchester United. FC Platinum will win the league again. This is what caught my eye, Alois. Mm. FC Platinum winning the league again is a distinct possibility. Just considering their pedigree and what they look like at the end of last season. I know we haven't come to this yet, but when you take a look at the dark horse for this season, just taking a look at preps, how they finished last season, who would you say is the dark horse? The dark horse for me it has to be Highlanders, mm -hmm. uh, just for the uh, consistency. count as a dark horse? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because everyone is a dark horse here. Okay. If FC Platinum are ahead, are like way ahead, yeah, miles ahead, and everyone else that is coming is a dark horse because everyone else, I think maybe four or five teams, they will come as dark horses, then they are teams that we know that they are not going to win them. 
you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at a situation like that where Halenas is at a course. Uh, I, because for me, the contenders, uh, it's only one contender. <laughs> so yeah. <simple. laughs> yeah, then maybe Dynamos because of the recruitment that they have had and we don't know what is going to come out, whether the coach is going to get it right or not. So for me, they can actually be a dark horse. I don't. I won't discount Caps United either because Lloyd Stemwe has got a way of working with experienced players that he has got. I don't know if they, of the field uh, issues mm. have sorted. Lloyd knows how to work the field. Absolutely. He knows how to work the uh, the technical department. So hopefully that the of the field issues won't disturb what is going to happen on the field. So it's kept if we have to, if we had to put money on it, the off the field stuff is going to disturb the field. Hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully. The Milwaukee Bucks will win this year's NBA championship title. I think I'm going to take a screenshot of this Yo, message, Panache, and save it for later. These are all some major predictions. Another message coming to you. Hello, sports team. Top team top four is certain. That's Coach Klopp, Jeff. The mass, the mastermind, you'll never walk alone. Top four is certain. Coming from a Liverpool fan, now that is some um, confidence. Hi guys, Bunjira, bring back the Thursday special which chronicles footballers. I like the Mapeza description you have made. And that's something we always say to you, Alois, that you have this little bank of information of really great stories that really need to be told. So I must write a book. Books. Well, wait. Books. Books and short stories. Yeah, books and short (laughs) stories. That'll be fantastic. We're about to get into the beautiful game. So if you want to send us your message, you're talking about that Liverpool versus Manchester United. Send us a message on 0731-168-045. Your your hit music station. My station. Your station. It's everybody's station. ZFM Stereo. The big leagues, the big teams, the big players. The beautiful game on ZFM Sport. All the rivalry. All the stars. There goes Holland. He's on his way again. He's hungry. He scored. He always does. He always will. All the game-changing moments. Marcus Rashford. He can't miss at the moment, Marcus Rashford. All the updates from the Premier League on ZFM Sport. Let's get into the beautiful game. Rampant Manchester United are eager to inflict more pain on Liverpool when the two rivals clash at Anfield. Liverpool won both Premier League fixtures against fierce rivals United last season by an aggregate score of 9-0. However, the fortunes of both the clubs have dramatically changed over the past 12 months. Let's get the pre-match thoughts from both managers ahead of the clash. First, we're going to hear from Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp and then the Manchester United gaffer Eric Ten Hag. Yes, they play a better season than us so far, but thank God, that means absolutely nothing for the game on Sunday. So, and we have our own targets, yes, and it would be a boost, 100%, but it would today and tomorrow and on Sunday, most important, we have to make sure that we really show that it's still incredibly difficult to play against us. Because when we played there, it looked incredibly difficult to play against them. But we have to make sure that they realize, again, it's really not a joy to face them. In this case, us. 
I'm looking forward. I know the ambience, the atmosphere will be great, will be hostile against us, and we like it. It's of course a test, but we facing Liverpool. We're really looking forward, and I know these players, my squad, my team will be prepared to to go, to go and fight, and to go with confidence. But we know it's going to be difficult. We know we have to suffer. You have to sacrifice to get a good result. Z. Alois, let's start with you, and you're going to need to speak the entire rest of this segment of the show with your head and not your heart. <laughs> um, when you're just taking a look at this Manchester United side, they're fresh from le- lifting that League Cup. They're ending, they ended a six-year drought for silverware. They are really on a good run of form. 22 games, one defeat. Very good run of form for United. I think we can say that Eric Ten Hag has definitely turned things around. They go up against the Liverpool side that is getting their way back in terms of how they play. How do you see this one playing out? Uh, the way you have described it is very difficult for you now. You, you have colonized my head <laughs> already. Yes. <laughs> so, so yeah. But honestly speaking, I think uh, Manchester United are on a very uh, good draw. Mm-hmm. You know, they they playing, uh, they're winning matches and playing good football uh, at the same time. Uh, and now they're facing a Liverpool that is actually getting out coming out of the woods mm-hmm. you know so it's going to be very interesting because now he is a set of teams that are also confident you know that they can actually do this so i think this match comes at a very very um, good time for the neutrals you know who just want to enjoy a very good battle uh, this is those, uh, those two sides but uh, honestly speaking i have a feeling I have a feeling that, uh, uh, like, uh, like, like, uh, like they said, like Sean has said that this has changed. Mm-hmm. You know, the fortunes of these two teams have changed from last season. Mm-hmm. Last season was was terrible for for Manchester United, mm-hmm. but coming into this season, they're coming into this fixture when Manchester United are actually probably the favourites yeah. uh, to actually win this match. And uh, now, using my, the heart, now I'm saying from the heart, <laughs> no, from I the head to the heart, <laughs> now uh, slightly, uh-huh. uh, I have a feeling that this. This is a turning point for Manchester. This is a do or die mm-hmm. for Manchester United. If they are going to entertain any hopes of taking this uh, championship, you know, yeah. Vutabam Rome. Mm. If they are going to Vutabam Rome or this championship, <laughs> this is the match that they need to win, they need to or else they are going to crumble after this match. So this is a match they need to overleap, or else they will just crumble. So. Uh, hopefully, this is going to be a Manchester United game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to see this match as a, one of the most exciting matches of the season. Sean, let, let's speak about the other side in this game, which is Liverpool. When you're taking a look at this Liverpool side, they've had some bad form, they've had patchy form, and now they're finally sort of trying to get the ship on steady waters and make that trot for top four, which is, I think, at the, at the very minimum, what they'll be able to do. So when you're taking a look at them coming up against a United side that beat them earlier this season, they need these points, and United similarly need these points in order to just solidify their position in that top four as well how do you see this playing out and also just focusing more on liverpool what they can potentially look forward to in this match i'm I'm seeing that uh, these are two teams who are going into this match sort of on balance because 
they all have something that they are playing for as Alois was mentioning that you know there's that push to potentially make Manchester United title contenders and then with Liverpool right now their aim is top four and we know that they are also capable of uh, doing a city where they can just start hitting teams and go on a really good run of form yeah. it's been three clean sheets in the league and those uh, clean sheets you can't take them lightly um, clean sheets against Everton uh, Newcastle as well as Wolves Wolves who they got us revenge on after you know they lost 3-0 yeah. and key to that has obviously been the return of Virgil van Dijk the only uh, blip in that was that uh, humbling by Real Madrid 5-2 but we saw that it was because of their errors because we know one thing we know about Liverpool is that they're always going to try to be on the front foot they're always going to try to go out after teams and I was just look, taking a look because I'm a bit of a nerd I was, I was just taking a look at some of the stats that were coming out and they're actually favouring Liverpool with the 54 0.4% chance of victory. You know, that little graphic that oh, comes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With <laughs> the, the little bar. The match. Yeah. So Liverpool's record at Anfield against Manchester United actually has been excellent with six successive league meetings without a defeat there. And it's their longest run since the 1970s. So that Anfield factor is big. Yeah. And we would, this is why I am sort of giving them the edge uh, this time around. But I think they come into this one where both teams come into it evenly matched. Your predictions are coming through on the WhatsApp number. That is 0731168045. Man, you are on fire and we are going to teach Liverpool a soccer lesson. That message is from Teacher B in Bonda Mission. This message, not a prediction. Anzi, Chris, pass my regards to Mfana Sean and Baba <laughs> Karaoke. That message is from Sansi. Sansi, give us a prediction. <laughs> We'd like a prediction, please. Um, your messages are coming through here. Hansi, obviously, you United will win the fixture based on the fielding of teams. A field this time is very porous and Liverpool's ligaments will not win that fixture. That is absolutely hilarious. Um, message here. Hi guys, Maurice. I'm a United fan. In this match, form goes right out of the window and Anfield is always a tough place, even at the worst of times for Liverpool. My heart says United will win, but mine says Liverpool. One thing for sure, this is going to be a much closer contest than the humiliations United suffered at the hands of the Scousers last year. Go, go. Manchester United. Keep your messages coming through, but now I think we need to take a little trip into Spain. No, 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 no. Before we do that... Oh, prediction, our own predictions. We did yeah, everybody and else's. Also, and also the fixtures are England. <laughs> okay, Alois, your prediction. Okay. Uh, I think this is the breakthrough for Manchester United. Manchester United are going to win this league. They are going to win this match and go on the way. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. I'm going. To, this is going to be a smash and grab for Manchester United. They are going to win this league. They are going to win this match and go on to win this league. Two one. Sean, your prediction. United. I'm gonna go for a two draw. I think it's going to be a late Manchester United uh, goal to equalise with Liverpool leading 2-1. I think Manchester United is going to lead this game for a long period. And there's actually going to be a bit of a smash and grab by Liverpool. Manchester United is poor at holding leads. And for me, I think that's exactly what's going to happen in this match. So I'm going to go with a two-all draw as well. Mm. But after a Manchester United lead. Okay. Let's give you the rest of your fixtures in the Premier League. Manchester City take on Newcastle United. That's going to be a tasty one. Arsenal versus Bournemouth. Aston Villa takes on Crystal Palace. Brighton versus West Ham. Chelsea will be up against Leeds. Wolves versus Tottenham. Southampton versus Leicester City. Nottingham Forest versus Everton and that big one Liverpool versus Manchester United.
that makes football all so beautiful. Where artistry and strokes of genius are the order of any day. Where the game is played with a smile and Real Madrid has Benzema. Karim Benzema has kept his nerve and has given Real Madrid the lead. All the news from the Spanish La Liga on CFM Sport. Let's take you to the rest of the European League, starting with La Liga. Barcelona's side, galvanized by a gutsy victory over Real Madrid, can take a significant step towards the Spanish title with a win over Valencia on Sunday at the Camp Nou. Xavi's men earned a 1-0 Copa del Rey semi-final first leg win over Los Blancos last night, arresting a worrying dip in form before it spiraled out of control. They're still missing Robert Lewandowski, Dembele, Pedri, and Barcelona face a real battle against Valencia, who are fighting for their lives on the opposite side of the table. So yeah. this one is a do or die for both teams. Yeah, and for, I, I don't know what is happening in Art of Valencia. You know, they they are the one of the uh, uh, usual suspects that yes. are always fighting for top four finish. So we don't know what happened with their recruitment over the last few years that has actually seen their team going down there. You know, sometimes we just look at the names uh, because we are looking from outside from all the way in Zimbabwe, just <laughs> checking uh, Valencia is a big name. But sometimes big names will remain like a shell. Yeah. We, if something wrong is done towards recruitment or sustaining uh, the big name tag that they've got. So we don't really know what has happened to, to Valencia for them to be fighting on the on the other side because we usually look at them as like one of the big uh, teams in uh, in Spain. But uh, let's, let's, let's see what happens but uh, I, if, as long as they're fighting at the basement it means that they're not as strong as they used to be. Yeah, so it, it must be a very good win for Barcelona. Sean, after they got kicked out of um, Europa by Manchester United, they then step into another defeat against Almeria. Barcelona manages to arrest uh, the, the sort of terrible downslide that they were on. But if you take a look at it before that, Barcelona was kind of inching past these teams with like a 1-0, a 2-1. Mm. And when you take a look at that, now coming up against a plucky side that is desperate to win, Barcelona needs to have their wits about them. Yeah, man. And I think that's been the weakness in their game at the moment that uh, they've managed to find some good balance defensively. And even their midfield is playing well. It's just an attack where they're just lacking that uh, cutting edge. And uh, Robert Lewandowski has been in and out because of injury. And I know that there was also rumblings um, which were questioning his motivation, especially in that second leg against uh, Manchester United um, at, at Old Trafford. Uh, Xavi feeling that, you know, he wasn't motivated enough to, to, to win Europa League. Yeah. So their questions are up front, definitely. And that's where it is. Yes, they've won 1-0, but for how long can they do this? But I think at the moment where they are at, it's more of a thing that they just need the three points mm-hmm. and they need to make sure that they create as much daylight between them and Real Madrid as, uh, as possible. Because if that window is open, we are in that season where Real Madrid kick on. But Barcelona just need to take advantage of, of, of whatever momentum they can pick up. Yeah, 
Key La Liga weekend fixtures Atletico Madrid takes on Sevilla Real Betis versus Real Madrid Barcelona will be up against Valencia. Let's dip into Germany quickly. Borussia Dortmund's seven match winning streak in the league has their fans dreaming of the first league title in more than a decade but their run will be put to the test on Friday against Inform Leipzig and Friday we mean tonight. <laughs> Alois, exciting um, opportunity this one for Borussia Dortmund. Can they do it tonight? I hope they do. You know, I straight from the studio I'm going to put on my Borussia Dortmund jersey. <laughs> I hope that I hope that is a good omen or good luck charm uh, for, for Borussia Dortmund because I can smell it. You know, the fans can smell it. This is a chance in a long time that mm-hmm. they can actually smell the championship. It, it hasn't been like this in a while. Yeah, it hasn't. This is so important. Your key Bundesliga fixtures, Union Berlin versus Cologne, Stuttgart versus Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund takes on RB Leipzig. And in Serie A, a crucial battle in the race for Europe sees Roma and Juventus go head-to-head in a fiery rivalry on Sunday. Roma currently trail the Champions League spots by a single point in fifth with Juventus 10 points off the pace in seventh. Your Serie A weekend fixtures, key ones, Napoli versus Lazio, Atalanta versus Udinese, Fiorentina versus AC Milan, Inter Milan versus Lecce, Roma takes on Juventus. This CAF Champions League action, you're not going to catch any Zimbabweans teams there, but some key fixtures for you. Mamelodi Sundowns go up against our athlete of Egypt, Al Hilal versus Cotton Spore from Cameroon. Simba Sports Club takes on the Vipers of Uganda, Horoya versus Raja Casablanca. And that is all we have time for tonight, unfortunately. It's been fun, guys. Um, we're going to have to text Barry and Mike the Hate from over here. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're going to have to do the review on Monday. Thank you for joining us. This has been ZFM Sport. Go off and enjoy your weekend. Keep it clean. Play it safe. Lionel Messi has conquered his final peak. Has shaken hands with paradise. The biggest sports stories. Max Verstappen has taken the checkered flag to win the Japanese Grand Prix. The biggest interviews. These are happy tears, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. And I wouldn't be Serena if it wasn't Venus. So thank you, Venus. And all the analysis right here. There's no question that LeBron James at the worst is a top three player in the history of basketball since the game was invented. I don't want to hear that. That's, 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 it's just blasphemous. Every weekday, it's my sport, it's your sport. It's CFM Sport on CFM Stereo. My station, your station. Hi, this is Mike Bundled, and you can catch me and the team for all the latest breaking news out of the world of sport, local as well as international, on your favorite station, my station, your station, ZFM. We are Z Team on ZFM Sport. Z.